the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. It's good to be with you on this post Resurrection Sunday. I hope you are well. I hope you are rested. I hope that you enjoyed the Sabbath time gathering of God, either in person or a live stream. I really, really do hope that you had that opportunity to gather with your people and to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, the grounds for which the whole world continues to go round and around and around we go. Again, welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, I'm telling you, had a wonderful time of worship yesterday and uh, just hanging out with the people of God. Uh, the weather was perfect. And uh, whether you know it or not, we do both an inside and outside service um, to accommodate all kinds of people with all kinds of perspectives and all kinds of uh, needs and what have you. And so the Lord really did smile upon us. And I, I really do hope that that's the case with many, many of the people of God around the world that um, this thing called COVID has not really done what it is attempting to do so totally disrupt your life that you are um, unable to be identified publicly and collectively as the people of God for which you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, if you are always inside, you are still in the dark. There has to be a time in which you come out and gather with the people of God and be a witness to the world of the grace of God in your life. But, um, Having said that, we had a great time, wonderful time. Today was another story. I mean, overcast. I don't know what's going on with the Bay Area weather today, um, but we'll, we'll we'll deal with it. I'll tell you what, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it, notwithstanding all of the storms and battles that we are confronted with. Uh, but we can talk about it while we still have our uh, First and Second and Third Amendment rights constitutional freedom of speech, we're going to engage that. one 367 is the number to reach me. one 367 If you want to have a conversation with yours truly, all the lines are open. If you just want to chat, one 367 We can talk about whatever um, is on your mind that would be worth uh, thousands of people around this uh, this state, particularly in Washington and around the world who, who listens to us uh, live stream on the radio and then later on podcast, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Again, one 367 All the lines are open if you want to start the conversation, the potpourri, the gumbo, the menudo, 
if you will, we can uh, get at it on this post-resurrection uh, Monday, uh, the day after we celebrate our Lord's resurrection. I'll read a portion of scripture to you, kind of set the context for you, and then uh, and then we can get get at it. If uh, if you want to, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Uh, the Proverbs uh, speaks to us this way in Proverbs chapter 26, verses 21 through 28. This is where Solomon is telling you and me to make sure that uh, we listen very carefully to when people are talking to us. This is uh, authorities or relatives or friends or what have you. And, and he's really talking about the misuse of our words and the misuse of our tongue and the misuse of our our propaganda, our speech. He says, without wood, a fire goes out. This is verse 20. And without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Can you imagine this world without gossip? No, you can't. And in fact, if there wasn't gossip, there would probably be nothing like the social media and news outlets and uh, and audio video programs that we have in our world. Could you imagine all people behaving themselves, not distorting the truth, not fabricating the truth, not stretching it, not modifying it, not flipping it, uh, and making sure that it doesn't turn into um, into gossip? Secondly, he says, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. There's another misabusive uh uh, misappropriation of one's gift, the quarrelsome person who uh, who intends to do nothing but stir up strife. This is what goes on in your pol- politics. I was at the gym the other day. I go to Planet Fitness because it's only $10. I think that's a great price. And therefore, it's not too many people there. And there is all kinds of room. And so we are social distancing. But up above me are about 10 TV screens all up and down the aisle. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And I, I'm already listening to my own music or listening to an, uh, a commentary, a podcast or something. I don't chime into that stuff. But objectively, I can look and guess what I see? From the news to the sports to the special programming to the movies, all propaganda. All exactly what Aldous Huxley talked about. All exactly what 1984 is talking about, all exactly what uh, Noam Chomsky warned about the manufacturing of consent. He was uh, he was uh, derided many, many years ago. Noam Chomsky, you guys can pull him up, the manufacturing of consent, because he picked up on how the news agencies all work together to shape a narrative, to uh, to misrepresent facts and to sway people's opinions. And now Google is in on it, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what Solomon is saying. Here's what he says. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. In other words, they are sweet to the taste. And that's because of what we call implicit bias, where you and I have a certain predisposition predisposition to want to take some idea or some thought or some opinion or some view. And whenever we hear something framed and delivered to us along those lines, uh, that's called uh, Russell's favorable bias 
technique. It's a technique in which you draw people in by knowing what their biases are and shape your narrative around it. It's, it's actually communicating a lie by a partial truth. In any event, he says, Solomon says, like a coating of silver dross on earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart. Now, he, here he's talking about the politician. The politician sticks his thumb in the air after licking it and sees which way the opinion winds blow and then shapes his narrative for that. And thus, you know, our world is continually in a state of constant uh, manipulation, deception, ideological subversion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is true. Enemies, Solomon says, disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their heart. They harbor deceit. Now, listen to what he says. Though their speech is charming. Listen to him. Though their speech is charming, though they sound ever so pleasant, so good, so right, so amenable, non-offensive. Do not believe them. Do not believe them. Solomon is saying to you and me to make sure that we put on the filter of discernment when it comes to whatever we are listening to, for seven abominations are in their hearts. What a grid for interpreting how we are to hear things, that we are not to hear them merely because they sound good to us or make us feel good um, or, or affirm our pre supposed opinions, but rather objectively critique and analyze them whether or not they are meaning us any good. He says their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Now, notice what he says here, because I'm going to pick up on this, particularly after the break. He says their malice may be concealed by their deceptive ways, but eventually their conceit, their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. And and what is he saying? He's saying exactly what his master, the Lord Jesus said, whatsoever is spoken in the dark, whispered in the dark, will come to the light. Whatsoever is hatched and conceived and planned and fabricated, if you will, uh, in the secret chambers of councils and advisory committees and, 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 and what have you, eventually it will come to light. I'm thinking about what's going on right now with, uh, with, with the media in terms of uh, what, what occurred here recently with the former of uh, uh, one of the former heads or directors of the CDC, Mr. Redfield. I don't know if you heard him. He was on MSNBC as well as on Fox News. He worked uh, for Fauci and with Fauci in the CDC, Center for Disease Control. And uh, he basically uh, spilled the beans for all intents and purposes. He actually produced or uh, set forth a narrative that the virus the uh, SARS virus, too, uh, came from the lab in Wuhan. Now, we heard that earlier, but over the last six or seven months, uh, four or five months since President Trump has been out of office, uh, the narrative in the main media outlet from the CDC and from uh, the World Health Organization and therefore Fauci is that the SARS virus actually did make its way uh, from maybe perhaps bats 
uh, and then into the food supply in those big big uh, food markets in uh, Wuhan, and then people got them inadvertently. And over time, the the virus uh, mutated and developed and was able to actually be transmitted to humans. That was the common narrative. Everyone kind of bought into that for a long time until uh, more information was brought out about the nature of this particular virus in terms of it having um, having already shaped and developed itself into what was uh, f- fundamentally a pathogen that can actually attack human beings and uh, and make them sick. That's COVID. You get sick from it. And then, and then basically, you know, kill a lot of people. That is an advanced development of the SARS virus. And the concern that many of the professionals have is something that we'll talk about after the break. And that is uh, what is called the gain of function process by which you take a virus and you actually ramp it up to see what it can do from one species to another in terms of animals. And then also what it might be able to do to humans in order that you might develop. That's right. A vaccine in order to fight against it. Um, This is the the truth trying to leak itself out for all kind of political reasons, maybe monetary, but whatever. This is the thing that you and I have to talk about, why it is that God allows for whistleblowers to just emerge up out of the narrative, coming from a different angle to try to tell you something that you might need to know. In any event, we've got three lines open, one 329 three lines open, one 329 We will take your subjects, your calls, your comments, your observations, and we will try to have a good time over these next uh, hour and 20 minutes on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 329 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time happens to be 522 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. If, if I'm sounding sounding weird, um, let me know. Uh, we got two two callers, but we've got two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I just want to make sure if I have to adjust something on my um, my makeshift studio here at the house, as we are still observing uh, COVID regulations, and I cannot dwell in the Palacio Studios in uh, Fremont, California, for uh, for our lifeline. Um, actually KFAX office, just kind of doing what we can. And we're hoping that we're coming through loud and clear, though we have had some problems in weeks and months in the past. And I'm dealing with an old uh, OPC. At some point, I'll, I'll pick up a new one, Lord willing. Any event, two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. if you want to join the conversation. Let me go to line number one and talk with Igris and Hayward. Igris, are you there? Hey, how's it going, Pastor Jesse? I'm great. What's happening, man? Uh, so I, I, I got a question for you. I, I think you're going to like this one. So uh, um, basically, my, my question is, how do you feel about pastors and Christians canceling other Christians and pastors, telling them not to listen to certain pastors? And the reason I say that is um, I, I've been following the Lord hard for about three plus years. And the very first pastor that I was able to turn on to listen to that kept me going was Joel Osteen. From Joel, right. I went to T.D. Jakes. From T.D. Jakes, I started going to my own personal church out here in the Bay Area. And then between my YouTube feed and listening to, to be blessed to listen to you guys on radio, I listened to a whole plethora of, of pastors. And what I've seen is I've heard other up-and-coming Christians and people just say, oh, don't listen to that pastor. 
look at what I saw about them, and I understand that. But what I realized is, is it okay because we see a pastor say something that we can, because the Scripture says take what is good and leave what is rest. And you even see the Apostle Paul, when they said to Jesus, oh, these guys are preaching in your name, but they don't know us. And Jesus says, well, if they're preaching in my name, let them do that. If they're for us or they're against us. And then the Apostle Paul said, whether they're preaching out of fame or a thing, as long as Jesus Christ is being preached. So what I'm basically saying is I'm seeing that unity has to happen in order for the Christ to really have a fair shot of what's going on, because the enemy is united. We see the boldness of what they're doing. But all I turn on is I keep on hearing this ministry going against this, or that person calling out that person, it's just division. So what I want to ask you is, to what degree would you say that, you know, um, pastors or churches or Christians should even be saying, don't listen to that person if, let's say, they went off the rails in 2019, but 20 years of preaching, they've been doing a great job. So I just I just wanted your thoughts on that. Man, that's a whole lot of stuff you put out there, Idris. That's, that's not a one-size-fits-all. That's not a one size fits all. But I'm going to break it up into three or four categories for everybody. First category that I'm going to uh, organize, listening to anyone, and, uh, and I would be first on that list, even listening to me. Uh, uh, even though I think, you know, you, you're going to get a, a dose of, of healthy biblical truth from me if you listen to me in Absolutely. general. Uh, but and that's anyone listening. But what I would say is that it's, it's an obligation for every believer to listen to anyone, whomever they listen to with discernment. Um, right. That's just a fundamental rule. And, and we could spend the whole hour uh, talking about why that doesn't occur. So. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 1, concerning what I would consider uh, not only apostate leaders, but very, very, uh, very manipulative, money-grubbing, selfish mm-hmm. leaders in the Pharisees right. uh, in Matthew 23, 1, when he says the Pharisees, they actually sit in Moses' seat. That means they exercise and occupy a position of authority over the people in terms of the structural, institutional religion that was ordained by God. He says, hear what they say. He says, hear what they say. And then he says, but don't do what they do because they say and do not. So let me break this up into a second category. Uh, the the hungry Christian is going to listen to a lot of things and you're not going to be able to stop him. That's just a fact. And uh, because the hungry Christian is looking for food wherever he or she can get it. But again, that hungry Christian has to be discerning. First Thessalonians mm. 5, 20 will tell you to prove all things and hold fast to that, which right. is good. This right. is where you picked up the notion of, uh, you know, uh, eat, uh, eat the meat and throw out the bones. That requires discernment, though, because a lot of Christians can get choked if they don't have that discernment. So when we say be discerning, that means you and I are free to hear anyone, but we're not free to simply imbibe what they say uh, without uh, making sure that it registers squarely with the word of God. And you would know that to be the case. So the second uh, uh, second and most important category is making sure that we don't allow ourselves in our listening to them to actually be poisoned or swayed by false doctrine and false teaching. That's first John chapter four, which plainly says, beloved, believe not every spirit. And the word spirit there is not talking about corporal beings, but rather prophets and teachers. Prophets and teachers are called spiritual people. They are spiritual in that they are occupying a gift that the spirit 
Spirit gives them in terms of the prophetic word, the teaching word. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Don't believe Joel Osteen. Don't believe T.D. Jakes. Don't believe Oral Roberts. Don't believe uh, Creflo Dollar. Don't believe Paula White. Don't believe Jesse Giston. Don't believe John MacArthur. Don't believe uh, any of the voices that you hear just because you might like the way they sound. You might like what they said. Try the spirits whether they be of God or not. That's, again, First John chapter 4. In that historical context, the main thing that John was worried about was his gullible sheep listening to men who were Gnostics telling us that we could embrace a pseudo-Jesus who was not really divine mm. in nature, merely human, but not the incarnate Son of God, which would have disqualified him from being the true Messiah. This is why he says, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is Lord is of that Antichrist. That's, that's a contextual interpretation that deals with a central gospel issue. Now, here's what I might say to you, Idris, and all of the people out there. If you investigate T.D. Jakes, if you investigate Joel Osteen, and, and the likes of people that are in the same camp there. These would be people who are either operating out of what is called oneness Pentecostal theology or in the case of Joe Olstein. Well, no, both of them are oneness Pentecostalists and four square churchmen. They would be in denial of fundamental Christian doctrine at the level of what we would call essential Christian doctrine regarding the nature of the true and living God. That is called paterology or theology proper. And this would have to do with understanding the triune nature of the one true and living God. They would deny that there is a uh, unity of being or nature that operates within the framework of three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They would deny the distinction of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in terms of their persons. They would actually coagulate them all into one, that they are kind of a transformer God, that at some level, God the Father operated in his fatherhood. At another level, God the Son operated in his sonship. And then now we are operating out of a spiritual manifestation of God, that whole system of interpretation of the nature of God is uh, is heretical, it's blasphemous, and it's contrary to Scripture. Having said that, you would probably never hear those men ever do any kind of sound exegetical uh, theological expository development of the nature of the Godhead because part of what they do Idris and all of you out there is avoid controversial doctrinal teaching and frame Very the true. vast majority of their teaching around exhortation and encouragement and faith. Let me say that again. Most of what they teach is exhortation, encouragement and faith. They spend the bulk of their time around the doctrine of faith. And this is why it's so popular, because faith is something that's dear to all of us as the people of God. We want to know what it means. We want to know how it works. We want to know how we can best apply faith in order to have the outcome of the promises of God that we should. Therefore, I fully understand why people get a lot out of all of the men I have just uh, have just quoted. And yet at the same time, many of us who are more soundly committed to historic Christian doctrine would say, be careful when you listen to those men. But what we should not say, 
and I'm just going to close out on this thought, is that uh, don't listen to that man. Don't listen to that person. Canceling people simply belies the fact that an individual is insecure in their own ability to either listen to doctrine and teaching or preaching and exhortation uh, that doesn't correspond with what they hold to. Or they don't want you to be drawn away into that other person's system, which might be opposite of what they're teaching. In other words, it's counterproductive for us to for me to say to Idris, Idris, don't listen to anybody but me. Now, in logic, we would call that a contradiction in terms, meaning don't listen to anybody but listen to me is a contradiction, because if you're not going to listen to anybody then that means you can't listen to me either. And see, that becomes the issue here. If I tell you don't listen to this, that, or the other, I am a... I'm setting you up to not listen to me either, and that 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 would make you a kind of proselyte under my teaching, and that would not be fair, nor is that the method. For all of us, we have to learn how to discern what is right, what is true, study, examine the teachings of those particular popular pastors, men or women, because, uh, you know, I'm very explicit about whether or not women should be preaching, so basically they're already out of order when you have a woman preacher, particularly prominent one like Paula White and the, and the rest. They're out of order. But you can listen to them and you will hear a lot of things that they say that will be good. But are they good in the sense of them being on the foundation of righteousness and on the foundation of truth? And that becomes the issue. So this this your question is legitimate. It is right. It's proper. And no, we should not be canceling people. We should be simply saying, be careful what you listen to. Appreciate it. I knew if I brought the wood, you was going to cut it out. Thank you so much. God bless. Um, it's, it's an excellent question, worthy of lengthy discussion, man. But, you know, I've been listening. You've been chiming in for a long time, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that you're going to be all right. If you ever get into some rough waters, just read. This is what I would say, and I'm going to take a break here. This is how I do it when I teach my uh, theology students. I say, when you study theology, there are three categories of theological books that you want to study. You want to study exegetical books that help you learn how to explain and interpret the scriptures accurately. Then you want to study expository books that help you learn how to put together Bible studies or sermons out of the scriptures that have now been soundly exegeted. Then you want to listen to good, what I call... um, Uh, devotional commentaries, because devotional commentaries are already smooth workout placed in the human vernacular, the common vernacular, and can be edifying. This is true for teachers. Some teachers are good for devotion. Some teachers are good for exposition. And other teachers are good for exegetical labors. I try to employ all three in my teaching. I'm going to force you to understand the scriptures. I'm going to expound them in ways that are orderly and can be actually received in a fashion that actually exposes the text. But then I'm going to try to exhort you as well. In the gathering of your material, you want those three categories. Thanks for the call. Got to take a hard break, pay a bunch of bills, and then we'll be right back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back after this. And now, back to Lifeline. 
And we are back. That commercial was really quick, great, and uh, a little bit clearer. Two lines open, one 367 If you want to call in with a question or a comment or an observation, be glad to uh be glad to dialogue with you. Be glad to uh, answer your question. Uh, Egress, that question was uh, those questions. They were a combination of questions were really, really, really good. And uh, you have some people who have the ability to listen to a lot, a broad spectrum of uh, voices and teachers and do just fine. That's not really the case for most people because God likens us all to sheep. And what that means is, you're really only going to do well with a few gifted teachers who God places you providentially in their path to actually build you up. Now, again, I'm getting ready to get a little bit uh, in in people's business, but this is pastoral. Uh, The person or persons or people who don't have an actual pastoral primacy, that is the priority of a pastor in their life, called by God, ordained by God to actually help them grow is probably walking in disobedience. And what that means is they're the kind of person that can listen to a lot of people and obey no one, submit not to anyone. So when Hebrews 11, Hebrews 13 says, uh, obey them that have the rule over you. Here's what that presupposes, that you're obedient enough to the Lord to sit up under the pastor, not only hear what he says, understand what he means, but obey him when he tells you in the name of the Lord how you are to walk. That is an obedient sheep. But where people are just freely doing what they want to and they are not listening to any pastor as a primary pastor, they are out of the will of God. There's no doubt about that. And you very seldom find those kinds of Christians profitable to themselves or profitable to other people. Until we line up with God's word and understand how Ephesians 4 says he gave us gifts, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and uh, and prophets for the building up of the body, for the edifying of the uh, body of Christ, until we all come into the fullness of the statute of the perfect perfections of the Son of, of God. Uh, those are essential means by which our maturity occurs. And where you find Christians who are just kind of doing a potpourri of listening to different pastors, they are going to be aimless, unproductive, and unfruitful in their life. And there are lots of Christians like that in our country who are without uh, representative pastors under shepherds guiding their soul into a right walk with God and therefore grow in Christ. Lots of sheep wandering all on the hillside. And the danger of that is, is that they may not be sheep at all. They may just be goats rebelling against authority. And I know how dangerous it is today to, to be part of a church where leadership is carnal, fleshly, and self-centered. I get that. I really do. But what God has ordained must never be uh, disannulled because somehow we uh, have a fundamental tendency to avoid being under authority. You will suffer seriously uh, not being under healthy teaching ministry that has the ability to hold you accountable to grow and obedience to Christ. You will suffer serious spiritual damage disobeying the rule of Christ to sit up under healthy ministry 
and be visible, present, and accountable to the work to which local churches are called. Let me go to line number two and talk with Maybelline in Oakland. Maybelline, are you there? I'm here. Hi, how are you? Hello. I'm Hello. Good. Hello. Good. What's your question? I can. Okay, I want to know, when they say, um, I was thank, anyway, I want to just first thank you. Um, I came to your church yesterday for the first time. And, Did you? Um, yes, I was sitting in the back, and I really got hit with the Holy Spirit hard. <laughs> um, okay. Because you said something, I, when I first walked in, I thought I was late, because I didn't get there until nearly 12, and the devil said, you're late, you're going you're gonna to miss the word again. You missed it a lot Friday, you're going to miss it again. And I said, I'm going anyway, because I promised these people I was going to come back. And, and I need to um, find out what's going on. And you just mentioned it about unpastored, um, unpastored person. That's me. I, I'm not like I can see from what you just said right before I called you what my yeah. problem is. And so um, anyway, and, and I read the bulletin and it said something about uh, God can't conceive of death. Or something, it said something about, I was looking at it and it, it said something I can't conceive. I said, wait a minute. I mean, I heard a lot and I heard that, but it's like can't conceive of death. So we talking about the resurrection. I said, now, I can't conceive of being hungry. I can't conceive of being unblessed. I can't, but can't conceive of really death. And, and I finally got it. I got the resurrection yesterday. I Amen. think that's why the Holy Spirit was able to reach me, because I got what that meant about the resurrection and about my life and how pitiful I am. Um, and you answered it just now, saying that because I'm on church. But no, I'm on church by a minister that can help build me up. I haven't really right. had that. In right. my life, personally, I had to read right. ministries all my life. But the question I have is, why do they say the good die young? Um, well, that's not a biblical concept, but I do like it, and I'll tell you why. Maybelline, I remember you. You were hanging out all the way in the back up against the wall, right? Yeah. By the door. And, well, I, was and, sitting, and, I was sitting and, in the wall. I was tested. And, the, uh, the Holy Spirit said, stand up when you said, um... When you were talking something about being raised from the dead, because I felt like I was dead walking. Yeah. I, I came here so bad because I was, I really was a walking dead. And, right. um, and they said, well, you're going to prove, do you really want, do you really want life like you're here for? Because I did make an effort to come. Uh, and I said, yeah, but it's stand out like that. And I had to get up and stand up against the wall. I mean, and, it, and, and the Lord blessed you. <laughs> he blessed you, didn't he? Oh, he blessed me so much. That's why I had to he call you and thank you today. I almost, yeah. And I normally don't have the time to call you today, like, at this time. And right. it was exactly, you came on with over radio, exactly when I had time. I'm like, wait a right. minute. I'm not going to call that no. radio station. Uh, the Bible says, there you go, being disobedient again. I said, well, let me die. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, Maybelline. <laughs> look, Maybelline, listen. God loves you, and he doesn't want you wasting your time. I, I, I uh... I'm always surprised at how he touches people at our church, but I knew he touched you. I could see it. I, I, you know, I don't see that well all the way back there, but I knew he touched you because you can't, you can't help it when he touches you. You can't help it. You, you can't, he's God. He's going to get you. He's going to make you affirm his presence, affirm his truth. And he's dealing with you, Maybelline. You know that he's dealing with you and he's reining you in and he's telling you, like he's telling a lot of people, we are living in some extremely dangerous times and we cannot be wasting our time meandering, running up and down the street. We can't do that. Now, I know you got a lot of challenges in your life like we all do, but I think you were able to be in a community of believers yesterday where you were pretty comfortable. Were you not? Yes. 
You were pretty comfortable. Did you hang out and, and talk to any of the sisters or anybody afterwards? Because I don't remember seeing you. No, no, I didn't. You know, because you I'm so used to go, I'm going to church and just leaving. And right, I went well, home. I just stayed right, home all so, day. I've been okay, out yet. I, I get it. So the next time you come, uh, just hang around and let and let let some of the sisters love on you and you know develop some relationships it's, this is it's you'll find that at grace people we got all kind of people you saw all kind of people there didn't you yes i did yeah i was surprised right. children especially <laughs> oh totally so i'm saying Oh, yeah, a bunch of children. We got teenagers, young adults, uh, old people, all kind of people. And I'm saying, you know, just ask the Lord to help you start, you know, being uh, available so he can so you can be in community. Uh, you know, I, we're doing social distancing and all of all of the COVID stuff so you can catch us online. But there's a lot going on and it's enough for you to make sure that you don't hang out in the uh in the in the world too long and and get lost. We don't want you lost. Do you hear me? Well, you know, you know, I'm not I'm not really lost. Uh, I, I was there. I'm 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 a I'm a um, basically I'm a um, chaplain. Um, but I um am going through a lot of family persecution because it. of that. And so I I, I basically had to isolate myself from oh. um the the persecution. I'm basically high. I'm hiding basically. So. Got it. I need hey, look. to find the minister, the minister to me. I need somebody strong like yourself or right. somebody, a woman, somebody that basically. That too. That too. Personally for a minute. That too. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to check in so we can kind of hook you up. And, and that way you can have a line of communication because I think the Lord is, is, is really blessing you in that regard. I got to take a hard break. Thank you for the okay. call. But okay. make sure you Thank call you. back again. Bless you. I got to take a hard break. I'll be right back.